helping, how you've been saving, how you've been delivering. Blessed Father, be your name. This we pray and give thanks in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please can we take our seat in the presence of the Lord? Hallelujah. Amen. Can you turn to your left and welcome that brother, that sister beside you? Tell him, I thank you for making it to today's service despite the weather condition. Are you still bypass it? And um, and be here is amazing. Hallelujah. I still remember growing up much younger than this. Of any places that was of great interest to me was the presence of the Lord. Was the house of the Lord. I loved it so much. Monday to Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we were always in church for one reason or the other. I always loved going to the house of the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, the reason why I asked us to do that little exercise uh, is something that came to my heart so heavy. And over time, it has been accumulating. But today, while I was coming to church, the whole thing just busted. The whole thing just busted. And I, there was someone I was owing a thanksgiving. And I took it casual. I, I never gave thanks to the person. I never gave thanks to the person. I never cared to go back to appreciate the person for what the person did for me. So while I was coming to church this evening, I just saw the person move on as he called me. And I said a whole lot of things. And before the person called me, about last week, I had a dream of this particular set of people stopping me and telling me, you this boy, you this boy. We did everything to you. You cannot come back to tell us thank you. So, and I knew I hold them a thanksgiving. So, when I came to church this evening, I had to look for a very beautiful text. Nice one. So that if you read it, you think we are in love. I typed it and I, I forwarded it to all of them. And these are great people. Within seconds, I saw reply back. I didn't expect them to reply me back. I saw them, they replied me back immediately. I was like, wow. And the way they replied back showed that they were waiting for it. They were waiting for the gratitude to be sent to them. So that is why I said we should do the same to God. If man can respond within seconds, how much more God? So if possibly you believe what I told you to do and actually give God thanks out of the abundance of you, I trust God for a response. Trust God for a reply tonight and we trust him to do it mightily and marvelously tonight in Jesus' name. And not just God alone, if you know you owe someone a gratitude after this service, please make sure to reach out to the person and tell that person thank you for it is amazing to tell someone thank you god bless us in jesus name amen hallelujah uh, tonight we'll be building on what we started last week on a subject matter we titled well in the upper room for those of us that were not here i believe you've missed the lord and those of us that were here last week and are here today again I really appreciate your courage. It believes, it shows that you so much believe what God is doing with us. Now, the well we are talking about here is not W-E-L-L. Because I noticed that error in some of our, our notepad. It is W-H-I-L-E. Now, the reason why I'm so much careful to stress the difference is because over time we've discovered in English that um, uh, two words can have the same meaning. In the English language, two words, no matter how similar they are in sound and in, uh, in spelling, they can't have what the same meaning. So we are so much careful on the meaning we are trying to communicate to you. So the heading, the theme is well in the upper room. Sorry about my pronunciation if it is making it sound like W-E-L-L. 
I'm talking about W-H-I-L-E, well in the upper room. Well in the upper room. An amazing topic we've been looking at. And by the grace of God, God interests to make sure we don't just run through the course of this study. He decided to set parameters to help us check how we are growing in this study. Because everything God is concerned about is not just learning, but growing in the knowledge. That is why uh, the apostles, after being careful to teach the church, in one of their letters says something, it says, ever learning, but never coming toward the knowledge of the truth ever learning but never coming to what to the knowledge of the truth so god is not just concerned about teaching us he's careful that we do what we come to the knowledge of the truth and one of the parameters we said was the aim of this subject matter we are teaching i'm trying to do a brush recap for those of us that we're not here those of us that are just joining us just for us to know that we are setting on a well-defined what a well-defined path that have a deepening direction, just like the vector quantity we taught in what in physics. It is not a scalar teaching, it is what a vector quantity that have what that have direction and have what and have magnitude. So we are not just teaching around time, we have what we have expectation. So the aim of this teaching God laid in our heart to help us check if we are making progress is to rekindle again in the church and among believers the need, desire and importance of upper room experience as a crucial requirement for a more effective and powerful life of a Christian here on earth. Here on earth. And the whole subject matter is about the endowment of power. And we also consider the aim of this teaching Paul had to carefully write to the church, telling them that I am not just coming to you, although I am learned, I am learned, I'm skilled, I have a BSc, I have a master in engineering, in law. I am skilled. I studied outside the country. I studied under the great teacher. But me coming to you, I am not coming with that picture in mind. I am coming to you as what? As a servant of God to communicate what to you, the words of God. And the attribute of the word of God is embedded in what? In power and in spirit. So I'm not just coming to you as a scholar that possibly learning at by university. I come to you as a servant of God that has been laid under the feet of all under the feet of Jesus. So I lay aside every eloquence of speech and wisdom, but rather I choose to communicate the word with word, with power. And that became our expectation. We decided to do what to grab what Paul was writing as our expectation in this meeting, that at the end of the day, our faith, our conviction will be what? Will be built up on what? On the power of God and what? And on the spirit of God. On the spirit of God and we were able to identify some certain questions that might possibly arise in the minds of people concerning upper room and one of the questions we look at what's really the benefit of upper room is it really needful for a fine boy like me to stay in the upper room when I can actually find favor before kings because I am beautiful just like Esther did <laughs> is it really needful like if you see my CGPA, it is very good. Is it really needful? I still have to wait in the upper room. Is it really needful that I am well balanced in life socially? Does upper room really affect me? Or is it for a particular set of people that don't really have anything tangible and valuable in life? That think God is all they have. That if God doesn't help them through miracles, they can't do what they can't have a late. They can't have financial breakthroughs. So is upper room really for this set of people? 
is it really for people like me? And why should a believer be in the upper room? Where is the upper room? An amazing question. Where is the upper room? And by the grace of God, we're able to give answers to some of these questions that arose. And tonight, we'll be continuing in that line of giving answers to those questions so that we'll be able to grasp powerfully how important the upper room is in this generation and time like this. And one of the questions we were able to answer last time was, where is the upper room? Where is the upper room? And I don't know how many people that can still remember the answer to that question. Anybody can still remember where we talked about the upper room is? Anybody can remember? Hallelujah. Okay, we, we talked about upper room is, is a well what a well-prepared place, punished, and what prepared for use. And we saw that in the scripture when Jesus gathered the disciples um, during the last upper and gave them a specific instruction, go to this particular place, you see a room, stay there, because it has already been what prepared before time for me to be there. For me to be there. So we were able to give answers to that question about the upper room, that uh, it is a well-furnished, prepared, and make-ready place. Make-ready place. Praise God. And another question we were able to answer was, uh, what's really the upper room? Remember, the first question is, where is the upper room? Because we are so much familiar with the scripture that it was... Uh, a, a very open place up in a building where Jesus gathered with the disciples and and the next question is what is the upper room and we're able to establish the fact that the upper room is a place of prayer the upper room is the is the womb of the church is the womb of the church so we were able to register that it is the womb of the church so tonight uh, we'll be looking at another amazing question as we trust God to give us deep insight to answer this question. And the question is, why should a believer, why should a Christian be in the upper room? Why should a fine boy like me be in the upper room? Why should a beautiful lady like me be in the upper room? that when I post my picture on social media, you have to see the amount of like that comes in. It's really applauding. It's really amazing. So why should someone like me, in the midst of all this, have been able to gather for myself, still do what? Wait in the upper room. Why should I wait? Why should I wait in the upper room? Why should I wait in the upper room? And we trust God mightily to give us a deep answers to this question answers to this question because if we don't really understand why we should be there we can never be no matter what no matter what if you don't see the reasons why you should come out out of everything and decide to stay with the holy spirit decide to wait on god in the upper room if there is no reason no matter what happened you can never you can never. So it becomes a problem we have in Aksu where some people, they just came to school because their parents made it mandatory for them to be in school. They don't see the reasons why they should be in school. 
So it becomes hard for them to do what to follow the laid down timetables, attend lectures. It becomes hard for them to do what to read their book. It becomes hard for them to study. It becomes hard for them to align with the standard set in Acts for you to graduate good. Because they what they have no reason. Maybe their reason is not here. Their reason is not here. I met a, a year one student, year one, and he said something amazing. So I, every time I see him, I always ask him, how are you preparing for exam? One of those days, he keep giving me a, shall, a shallow answer. And one of those days, he told me that all his mind is to make money. That him coming here is because of the father. He just wants to make money. He just wants to make money. And funny enough, this is one of the reasons why some of us possibly we've been granting the grace to be in the upper room is, is because we, we want to have fame like Joshua Selman. So we, we end up listening to messages like that and the reason is not actually to be close to God. The reason is because we want to be popular. We want to, we want to gather influence for ourselves. We want to gather fame for ourselves not because we really need this God to help our life, to help our eternity, but rather what? We want God to blow permit me to use that word we want to use god to do what to blow we want to use god to become popular because it has become a train into the society so tonight we will look at those reasons why we are in the upper room why we are in the upper room act chapter 1 verse 12 to 14 and we trust god tonight that our wrong reasons shall be corrected wrong reasons shall be corrected because most times if we have the wrong reasons and we go to the upper room because we don't actually see what we expect we think the upper room is a scam we can't stay there for long Acts chapter 1 verse 12 uh, 12 to 14 can, can we start from verse 10 now and well, they looked steadily towards heaven, and as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called this can we pronounce that mount? Olivet. I would have pronouncing olive. I don't know if it's the same thing. Or King James is giving us something different. Okay. Mount Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day joining. Now take note of this. When Jesus was taken to where they had to walk down to the upper room. It was really a great distance. Really a great distance. A day what? A day's joining. Which is from Jerusalem. A Sabbath day's joining. Let's go to the next base. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room. Where abode Peter and James. And John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of, can we pronounce it together? 
a falsos. A falsos. Praise God. And Simeon, the zealot, and Judah, the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brethren. Now, can we go back to that last verse? The, the verse 18, the preceding verse to this one. Verse 18. Okay. And now, they were all come in. They went up into an upper room where abode Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Hallelujah, the son of Alphahus, praise God, hallelujah. Please, let's stay there, hallelujah. So remember tonight, we'll be running through why uh, believers have to wait in the upper room. Now, take note of this, if you follow the sequence very well, you understand that after Jesus was taken, behold, a man appeared in the midst of them too, dressed in white, and said unto them, Why actually stand ye gazing at him that is actually fulfilling prophecy? Didn't you read about it? Remember, we started by saying every move of Jesus wasn't just a casual move. It was already what? It was already prophesied. It was already, it was in line. So he asked them, Why did someone to help a brother? <laughs> help a brother. <laughs> when I say help a brother, please be careful to help a brother. Let him not fall on you while sleeping. Hallelujah. Please, let's not stay distracted. If you if you want to sleep, hold it very well. Hold your sleep. Very well. Hallelujah. Help us. Please can we pray in the Holy Ghost? That guy just shifted me out. <laughs> Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Sorry about that. Let's pray. Build up yourself. Pray. 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 Pray for yourself that you will not be distracted, that you will not distract me by sleeping. Amen. Hallelujah. So, the, the man told him, why are you actually gazing at, uh, at Jesus? He's is gone the same manner he, he, he has gone the same manner he will come back and the next verse says something says they all left to here to Jerusalem and it's a Sabbath day journey they all left because Jesus gave an instruction before leaving do what wait wait and if you listen carefully and if you follow the storyline carefully when Jesus was taken at first, from them, they did what they scattered. Every man to his own ran. Every man. Peter left, the rest of them left. But this case is very different. This case is very different. When Jesus was taken, all of them, in one accord, did what? Went to Jerusalem. Them. The only person that was left is Judas. Judas didn't follow them, but all of them did what gathered, and they did what they went to Jerusalem. Please, 
open your mind, I'll be communicating this and I trust God, the Holy Spirit to do what to minister this meaning to you. Because within every of this action, there is a meaning attached to it. And the greatest benefit will be the personal meaning you get from this place. Because that, will, that is what will help you to personally do what? Walk like the disciple back to Jerusalem, even when everybody went back. So all of them, they did what? They went back to Jerusalem. And now, look at the list of people that went. John and Matthew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew is all there. And if you so much look at the scripture very well, and you follow the train of Jesus' disciple, Jesus never, let me not use the word never, people that were amongst Jesus' disciples, uh, we're not people we can actually say, how would I put it? You know, there are some people you see that follow Jesus and you think they are actually, you can actually conclude that this one is following Jesus uh, because they have no option. I don't know if you get me. Some people can follow Jesus and you think this one is following Jesus because of what? He has no option. He has no option. Jesus is his last hope. So, but there are some certain people you see following Jesus, and like, if this one can follow Jesus, then who am I not to follow Jesus? So, this was the cases of the disciples, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew. Matthew was what? The tax collector. James, and one of it we believe was a doctor, which, uh, is it John? John popularly known to be what? The physician. Now, all these people, they had families. They had occupations. They had things to attend to. So, Jesus leaving them would have possibly given them a break in their commitment to God. I don't know if you get it. Jesus leaving would have given them what a break to their commitment to the cause of God. Okay, finally, Jesus is giving. Let's, let's slow down and take it easy now. He's coming back. Let's just hang around and wait for his patience. But this man, with every excuse they had, with every justifiable reason in the eyes of men to do what? Not to go back to Jerusalem. Took the pains and did a day's joining in the heat in the night in the discomfort back to where to jerusalem for what just to wait just to wait in the upper room just to wait in the upper room so please ask yourself a question within this state of disciples are you so committed more than these people? These were not just regular men. They were men of high repute. But they did what they obeyed. And they walked back to Jerusalem. I trust God tonight that after tonight we shall start walking back. We shall start walking back. In the name of Jesus. We shall start walking back. So the emphasis tonight is why should we wait in the upper room? 
Now, let's take a look at this. Every believer that did great things were men who waited. Mark the word waited. Every believer who did great things were men who did what? Who waited. Not necessarily in the upper room, but waited on God. And you can see that in the life of Daniel. You can see it in the disciples. You can see it in Judas. Let's look a look at Daniel chapter 2, verse 47 to 49. Daniel, our great mentor when it comes to academic excellence. Let's look at the storyline. Daniel chapter 2, verse 47. And the king answered unto Daniel and said, Of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of what of secret. Seeing thou couldn't reveal this secret. Let's go to verse 48. Then the king made Daniel a great man and gave him many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief of the province and chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. Of Babylon. Let's stop there. Now, Daniel here, as we all know, if we can put it here, was uh, a political conscious man. If it's, it's in, in Aksu, we can actually read Daniel to be an Aluta comrade that is always in stakeholders' meeting, very committed in Aluta business. But even with that, Daniel understood one thing, that for him to do what to succeed, he has to do what he has to wait on God. He has to wait on God. So this waiting thing is not really for people like us that will end up becoming pastors. It is for you that will end up becoming an engineer. That will end up becoming a teacher. That will end up becoming a scientist. That will end up becoming whatsoever in future. Because life has gotten to the point where every man has to wait. Every man has to wait. Every man. Every man has to do what? Has to wait. So, God understood this. That after him leaving that the disciples will be influenced by a factor of persecution that will be so mighty that if they are not rooted, they will do what? It will scatter. If they are not rooted, it will, it will scatter. If you check the storyline very well in the scripture, when the disciples started doing great and amazing things, the, the rulers in the territory captured them and treated them healingly, Put them in prison. And by the grace of God, angels came and intervened. They were, they were taken out mysteriously and they were found in the street preaching the gospel again. And they went back and actually brought them back to the prison peacefully, fearing the people so that they would not rise up against them. And when they brought them back to the, uh, to the cycles of rulers in that time, there was a particular man called Agabus. The rulers of them wanted to inflict pains on them again. And Agabus, in his wisdom, says something to the rulers. He says, let's be careful towards these people. He now cited an example. He said there was a particular man, a man that came out with this same old concept of faith and doctrine. We caught him. Okay, we didn't actually catch him. Over time, we subjected him to pressure. And he died. And his word, his disciples scattered. And Agabus advised the council, let's, let's not fight this one. Let's we do what we fight against God. So persecution will arise. So God in his wisdom understand that even in Aksu, 
when you come, you have to do what? You have to find a waiting place called the upper room. The upper room. So it is not just believers that have a waiting place. Other people does what have a waiting place. So as time passes, there's going to be a clash of kingdom. A clash of kingdom. A clash of what? A clash of power. A clash of interest. A clash of faith. A contention. That's why Jude said, he said, contend for what the faith that was once delivered to you. So he advised them to do what? To wait in the upper room. And every believer that did great things did what? Remain that waited in the upper room. And another reason why we should wait in the upper room is that it is a command from God to wait. It is a command from God to do what? To wait. Please take note of this point. It is a command on God to do what? To wait. A command from God. And you know God so well, God sees the end of a thing way from the beginning. So you understand the end better. So it is advisable you do what? You wait. You wait. It is a command on God from God for us to wait. And note this, God is not in a hurry to do whatever he desires. God is not in a hurry. So God has told you to wait and you want to rush out. You, you crash land. All in the name of doing the will of God. God will still be glorified because in the days of his power, men shall be willing. So it is advisable for us to wait because it is a command from God. Now, it is, why believers should wait is that um, for spiritual renewal of strength. Spiritual renewal of strength. For spiritual renewal of strength, we can see that in Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31. Isaiah 40 verse 31. Popular scripture, they that wait upon the Lord shall do what? Shall renew that strength. And we can see that in the life of the apostles. They shall do what? Renew their strength. So, let's pause there for a little while and see something in Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Verse, Ecclesiastes 9, 6. 9 verse 6. Okay, let's stay here. 9 verse 6. Can you go to 11 verse 9, sorry? 11 verse 9. Okay. Calm down. Go up, go up, brother. Praise God. I'm looking for that scripture. Okay. While we get the scripture, take note on our point. The reason why believers should wait in the upper room. To know the things that are freely given to us from God. The reason why we should wait in the upper room. Is to know the things that are what that are freely given to us from God. Let's go to Acts chapter 3, verse 1 to 6. Acts chapter 3 from verse 1 to 6. To know the things that are freely given. From verse 1, let's start from verse 1. Acts chapter 3 from verse 1 to 6. 
Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, seen being the night hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask arm of them that enter into the temple. Who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an arm. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Let's go back to that verse. And he gave heed, and he gave heed unto them, expecting to do what? To receive something of them. I remember we are talking about the reason why believers have to wait is to know the things that are what? That are freely given. Freely given. Not to be paid. And you, you will discover later in the scripture that there were some certain set of people that actually used this divine intervention to do what to extort from me. You can see in the scripture in the book of Acts, people use divine intervention to do what to extort from me. And you can still see it now in an, a generation where you specially see a prayer house where they will gather people and they will tell you to come and pay money. Let's pray on your behalf. So believers nowadays, instead of waiting to do what to pay, paying money for someone to do what to pray on their behalf, for someone to do assignment on their behalf, for someone to do what to do some certain things on their behalf because they are what they are void of the knowledge that if they would have possibly waited, these things were what were freely given. Verse seven, verse six, rather the next verse. Receive something of them. The next verse. Then Peter says, Silver and gold I have none, but such as I have, I give thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and, and do what? And walk. Let's go to First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. The reason why we should wait as believers to know the things that are freely given. And now we have received not the spirit of this world. But the spirit which is of God, that what we might know the things that are freely given to us of what of God. Please, can we read that verse together? Let's. That we might do what? Know the things. That are freely given to us of God. Now, you follow the storyline very well in Acts chapter 2 after the Pentecost fully came. The disciples couldn't hold it together in that upper room. They had to bust out. And they started saying a whole lot of language that was strange to men of that territory. And Peter, by the boldness of God, decided to address the people that came together because it was absolutely strange. Strange. We, we actually know Peter. Peter has been in this territory for a very long time. Same is the testimony of other people. And how come they are now speaking in a language that is not familiar? So, an Igbo man will come and hear someone among the disciples speaking Igbo. Oron man will come and hear someone speaking Oron. And the beautiful thing about that, it wasn't normal to them. We know them. We know the disciples very well. We know them. If any language possibly John could speak uh, was uh, possibly a professional language, 
not a word, not a territorial language that has to do with people based on tribe. So it was strange. And one thing funny happened is that if you take that scripture, let's go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, please, media narrow it down to that place. Acts chapter 2, please, can we all be on our feet? Let's be on our feet. Because we are not the only person in this world. We are not the only person in this world. The world is what is mixed up. It is a battle. It is a clash. It is a battle and a clash. Ask yourself this question as a believer. What have you been making out of your conviction? As a student, do you have a place of waiting? And please take note this few points about the upper room. It is a place of high network connectivity between divinity and humanity. This point will give you a reason why you should wait in the upper room. It is a place of high network connectivity between divinity and humanity. A place of prayer, put it in quote. It is a place of refreshment, renewal. It is a place of refreshment and renewal. We can see that in Luke chapter 12, 19 to 20. It is a place of fellowship and reunion. Acts chapter 1 from verse 12 to 14. Acts 2 verse 1. It is a place of spiritual impactation and gift. Acts 2 verse 4. It is also a meeting place for Christian people. A meeting place for Christian people to do what? To sharpen each other. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. It is a place to see God face. It is a place to seek the face to seek the face of God in time of decision making. You can see that in Acts chapter one verse twenty four. This is when the disciples had to fill in the gap between who would take over the place of Judah, and at the upper room they now made a consultation, trusting God. They casted the Lord, and God intervened and showed them who to pick. So it is a place to seek the face of God during decision. Each time you get confused, you do what? You seek the face of God. Can we all be on our feet? <laughs> We've been able to paint pictures on why Believers should wait in the upper room. And capping up with that verse, time and chance happening to them all. So in order to maximize time and chance, God in his wisdom did what told us to wait. Told us to wait. There's this song we used to sing, those days we're still in choir. I love the song so much. I don't know if you can join me to sing it. I know of a place I can always run to. In times of distress, confusion, and fear. Anybody knows the song? Yeah, Nathan, you are singing it. No, I am saying. 
For you will keep me and guide me in the shadow of your wings. In the shadow of your wings, I know I am safe. In the shadow of your wings, how far. Jesus, help me. Help me to find satisfaction in your presence. Help me, Jesus, to find satisfaction in your presence. Help me to find satisfaction in your presence. Help me. Help me, Jesus, to find satisfaction in your presence. Help me, Jesus, to find satisfaction in your presence. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Remote my reasons. Remote my reasons, work on my reasons why I should be in the upper room. Work on my reasons, Lord Jesus. Work on my reasons. Possibly my reasons were not weighty enough to keep me patient on you. Possibly the reasons of me were not weighty enough to keep me looking up to you. Possibly the reasons were not weighty enough to help me to take the pains of walking back to Jerusalem just to wait with you Jesus walk on them walk on them because before we fully get into the upper room experience the reasons why we have to stay must be strong enough so that when life comes around we will still be there for five to ten days the disciples were waiting even when they had reasons to leave in a generation like this can you talk to Jesus please 
in a time when people give no regards to me, Jesus, please build up my reasons. Build up my reasons. Build up my reasons why I should wait. Build up my reasons why I should wait. Build up my reasons why I should wait. We are still in a building process where God is building something, teaching by teaching, until we get to that time where we will pray. In the course of this meeting, we will have time to pray. We will have time to pray that we may have the upper room experience. So God is using this medium to work on us, to work on us, that we will have reasons to pray. We will have reasons to yearn for. Jesus, please help me. Help me. Tonight was a night of help. That God will help our reasons. That God will help our reasons. Talk to Jesus, please help. Work on my reasons. Work on my reasons. Possibly the reasons why I choose to wait around the upper room was out of pride, was out of the fame of life, was out of the accolade I needed, was out of the fame, the name I needed. Jesus, please help me work on it. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. We saw the disciples, men of great repute, men of substance, but yet they decided to go back and wait. They decided to go back and wait. They decided to go back and wait. Men in terms of wealth, they have it. Impossibly in terms of beauty, they have it. In terms of voice, they had it in the society. But when Jesus left, they decided to take the pains of walking back to Jerusalem. Tonight is the night of walking back. Tonight is the night of walking back. A night of walking back. The first day, we painted pictures of how the upper room is. And tonight, Jesus is saying, walk back. Have reasons to come back. Have reasons to come back. Have reasons to come back. So that when the day of Pentecost fully comes, you shall be there. Have reasons to come back. Help us, Jesus. You have about one minute to make that prayer to Jesus. From the depth of your heart, Jesus, help. We are building something to the upper room, so please align yourself to what God is doing each day. Tonight he's saying, give them reasons why they should walk back. And by the grace of God, I've been able to paint those pictures. And more by the help of the Holy Spirit to minister just like the disciples had reasons to walk back to wait in the upper room
Possibly you are here in this place and you notice your direction is not in the direction of Jerusalem to wait. You've been going in an opposite direction. And over time we've discovered, thank God for actions that have told us that the opposite of acceleration is retardation that comes with a negative sign. Now why negative? Each time you go in opposite direction, 
negative is subtraction, something will be losing out of your life. You know you've been going in an opposite direction, retarding from your destiny. Can you make a step to Jesus this evening? That you may begin to accelerate with purpose and destiny. In alignment to what God is having to do with us. Can you come down to the altar? Can you come down to the altar briefly? Because we are wrapping up from here. If you know your life has not been in a direction to Jerusalem, you've been moving in an opposite direction. Can you come down to the altar as we trust God for grace tonight? That you will be in that upper room when fully the Holy Ghost shall come. Can you come down to the altar? Can you come down to the altar? Can we hum the song? We are waiting for them. Can we hum the song? Can we hum the song? We are waiting for you. We are waiting for you. If, if you know you've been going in an opposite direction that is not leading to Jerusalem, can you come down to the altar? If you know you've been moving in an opposite direction that is not leading to Jerusalem, it is an instruction that all believers must wait. Can you kneel hold the altar? As we trust God for grace, can you kneel and hold the altar? As we trust God for grace. It's not necessarily because you have sinned. It's not because you are living in sin. It might be because your desire towards the upper room is in the opposite direction. Can you come down to the altar? Let's trust God for grace. Let's trust God for grace. Let's trust God for grace. Let's trust God for grace, Father. One of the instructions is, tell them, let's go back to Jerusalem. Can you begin to pray for yourself as this brother will be praying over here? For those of us that are there, can you begin to pray? Pray that prayer, those songs. Jesus, help me. Let it be a joining with you. 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 Brother, can you talk to Jesus kneeling down here? Be sincere to him. Be sincere to him. Zekonda Sika Palianda Kapenen the Sika Pal. Henen E. Halaska Benata. Oh, Zana, oh, Oh, Zana in the highest. Oh, Zana, we after me Jesus I know I've been going in the wrong direction please help me come back please help me come back to you please help me come back by your mercies direct my steps there is a way that seemed right to a man but the end is destruction lest I end up being destroyed Jesus please save me and bring me back it doesn't matter how far you've gone if it is the wrong road you have to go back tell him Jesus I know I have been going the wrong road I am coming back Jesus please hold my hands keep me save my soul and keep me with you let this joining be a joining of interest with you not a joining of pride not a joining of the crowd and the mic and the fame let it be a joining of joy with you walking with you as my lover daily and daily help me Jesus father we thank you for your son 
even as he has hold on to this altar that has kept many, this altar that has brought many back, this altar that has held many and planted many, rooted many. Father, I pray the same grace that flows from this place. Let it be made available over his life in the name of Jesus. Let it be made available over his soul in the name of Jesus. No more shall he go back. In the mighty name of Jesus the Christ we pray. Amen. And for all of us, Father, that we have prayed as your word has come forth expressly. Father, by your mercies, keep us in alignment. Keep us in the right direction. Even as we are moving, Father, by your grace and by your mercies, let no man go back again. Give us enough reasons to stay, even in the midst of trials with you. This we pray through the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. Take all the praise. Take all the glory. In Jesus' name. Please let's put our hands together as we welcome our chaplain to wrap up this session for us. Thank you.